Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. On this episode, we got to talk to somebody that I've really, really been looking forward to speaking with. Today, we have Eli Yoder. You've probably seen him on TikTok or maybe Instagram or YouTube. He's got over a million followers on TikTok. He's got, I think, 60 plus thousand subscribers on YouTube. And uh, he's really starting to gain a following by telling stuff about the Amish community that he grew up in and then subsequently left. Now, Eli's still a follower of Christ, and he still spreads the gospel and works uh, to try to help a lot of the the people that are still Amish that might want to leave, and they do that through the Amish Rescue Mission, and uh, that he also just spreads awareness on on child abuse, on a lot of the, the um, spiritual abuse in the Amish community, so on and so forth. I hope you enjoy it. Here's the great Eli Yoder. I'm a, little, I'm a little nervous because it seems like something should be going wrong. <laughs> no, thank goodness. <laughs> so, Eli, you, uh, you're you a truck driver, right? Yes, yeah, I drive truck now, yes. I oh, come from cool. a long line of those. I never never did it myself. But nope. Dad even had a trucking business for a while here in West Virginia. But My dad was also a trucker. And yeah, My dad was. was a trucker. Yep. And I believe all his brothers were truckers. There's been a couple of them in there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so... My my older brother, he's he's a owner operator, but leased out to a company out of Kentucky. They're out of uh, Mercer Transportation. My next oldest brother, the one right next to me, he he hauls uh, lumber stuff out of West Virginia. My dad was oh, from okay. the um, like Indiana, not Indiana. <laughs> I said Indiana. That's Keenan Mariah. Um, from the Idaho, Utah side of things. Um, my dad's a potato head, Idaho spud, I think is what they call it. <laughs> so, yeah. Potato head trucker? Yes. Mr. Potato Head, basically, potato head. is my dad, but um, without the hair or the mustache. <laughs> hey, that would be a great CB handle, potato head. That would be. <laughs> Let me ask him first before you, um, someone else takes it. <laughs> so, Eli, I, uh, I've been looking forward to talking to you, man. So, I became aware of you. I don't miss. Did you share some videos? Uh-huh. And then there's been stuff just randomly popping up on my, well, in my feed. It, it kind of started from we had some friends that were like ex Amish, I believe. And who, then, who are we referring to here? I can take the name out. Um, <laughs> I think they're still Mennonite ish. Yeah, but, but I don't know. Someone shared it on Facebook, and I was like, "This is so interesting," because we had a conversation. We live in an area in West Virginia that the Amish from Ohio are gro- growing. They're just recently community. moving in. They yeah. mo- they're moving in. So um, mm-hmm. we just like someone else was saying something about it. And I was like, this is so cool. I'd like to get some more information because like everywhere we we go now, we're seeing little signs that say there's a, um, a buggy ahead or at the store. We'll see them. And before uh, this is just a little bit about us. We came from a very strict 
church ourselves where like we didn't cut our hair, everything, but basically the prayer cab. Everybody would ask oh. us if we was Amish, Eli. Yes. We never was, but they'd always ask. Yes. <laughs> I was the girl in plain gray um, at the, in the ER here at the local hospital wearing a skirt. Um, I looked like I was basically Mennonite something. <laughs> we probably yeah. should back up though. And let, yes. and let, so Eli, <laughs> tell us a little about yourself so people know why, why you're here and yes. you know, what, your, what your general background is. Well, I grew up in a very conservative, old order style Amish community. My uh, grandpa, which would be my mom's dad, he was a bishop and he was one of the original bishops that started our community in Kenton, Ohio. And he, he really just stuck with the original rules that he wanted to start with and never deviated from it. A lot of people came along that uh, wanted to change things, tried to reason with him, and he always won. He always kept those rules in place. And still today, there's very little change. Now, usually the ones that disagreed, they either uh, just put up with it or they move out. That's why you have a lot of splits. There's been hundreds and hundreds of families that come through that community. And if they don't agree, they just go on and they start another community. So I grew up in a very sheltered uh, Amish community, an Amish home where we, well, a lot of things were considered worldly. So mm. it was really hard to break away because from childhood, I was obviously taught that if you leave and become of the world, then you're condemned. You know, you would go to hell. You would, right. you would burn in hell. So knowing that it was very very hard for me and many others to even leave and very few do just because of the brainwashing and manipulation mm-hmm. sure yeah yeah so that sounds, sounds like that's very familiar well, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of common common themes yeah. i'm picking up on here yeah so i'm guessing that's probably what's uh, why there's always a nomage popping up in philippi i'm guessing this is he's talking about the splits and the splinters yes i'm guessing that's probably well, what i have it well okay this is I guess these Amish that are down here, they don't like to seek out medical care. And that's, is that something, is that normal? Oh, yes. Yeah, that now it's, it's normal in the conservative groups. Uh, It's not so normal in some of the more, uh, well, there's one community just 20 minutes from my house now, and, and they got literal insurance and they're just completely opposite from my Amish community. And matter of fact, my community wants nothing to do with that, with them because they're too modern. They go to the doctors, they go, you know, do things that my community didn't do. But wow. for example, we never went to the doctor at all. So it was mm-hmm. very common what you just said that you went through because I fell out of the barn at fifth grade because we were playing hide and go seek and, and we had just filled the barn and I misjudged where the hole was and I fell from the peak all the way to the bottom and I had uh, landed on my side where all my ribs were broken and I came to about 24 hours later and I realized the family was all gathered around because I was I had so much eternal bleeding I had brain fluid coming out of my ears and they all wow. thought I was dead and that supernaturally that was God intervening yes. there because sure. you can't really survive that no and they didn't realize I was coming to and I remember hearing my family all talking some were crying and sobbing they said you know this is all in God's hands either Eli is going to survive or he's going to die but not one time did I hear anything about let's just get a driver and go take him to the hospital <laughs> oh man <laughs> wow Wow. Okay. Cause like the, there was a baby that was born with such a sick cancer. Um, they would do nothing even though it was treatable. Yes. Yeah. There, there was a lot of those. Now to just give you a good idea in my particular Amish community by not going to the doctor, when I went out there to the cemetery after my dad had passed away, I looked at all the stones and I recognized all the families' names on there, but over half of the tombstones 
said stillborn baby and its name and then the parents' name. Oh, wow. That shows you by not going to the doctor, you either have complications. Some of them showed on there might have lived, you know, a couple days here, a couple weeks here. And, and since you refuse to go to the doctor and you just give it all to God, I mean, I love their faith. I love that they trust God. Right. But right. you're refusing all medicines, all modern day doctors, all scientific, you know, everything, modern day technology, computers. They know that stuff's all of the world, they believe, you know, in the hospitals. So they refuse and they just wait. If somebody dies, they die. If they survive, they survive. Gee whiz. Yeah, that, that faith is, it's admirable, but it's, at the same time, it's kind of like, hmm. <laughs> God gave us humans that are smart to figure this stuff out. So why not uh, use what God has made available to, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. Medical care is off limits, even though, I mean, that was a drastic fall. And, and it was there was never any talk about taking you to the hospital. That, that kind of blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, we didn't uh, we didn't really go to the doctor for anything. Now there are Amish in that same community that have went to the hospital when it was a life or death situation. They had money to do so. We were very poor. The church didn't have a rule that said, "Hey, you absolutely cannot go to the doctor." Uh, it it came down to the money in my family. We were very poor, and we just didn't go. Uh, that didn't mean that somebody else wouldn't go to the doctor. You know, if they had the money to do so, if it was a uh, disease that was somebody was pretty much dying, they knew they were dying, then they would maybe go to the hospital. And sometimes a broken leg that really needed a cast. I've seen Amish families do that. But in my particular family, we, we literally did not go to the doctor for anything. Okay. Mm. I see. And is that because like you didn't know, um, like, or like the group did not know that there was charity and stuff? stuff because I, in the back of my mind i'm like there is always assistance out there um yeah. wait is it one, is it a money issue or is it are we I, talking about a faith issue Eli? i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt well a, a money issue for most of them especially in okay. my family my mom right you know enough. being tied to the bishop and all of that it was it was definitely they didn't like worldly things so that played into it and also the money while some of the other families did have the money to go and even though they went only, let's say there's a, a life support that needs to be used, they will draw the line there. They might mm -hmm. go to the doctor and, and allow certain things, but they very much monitor what's going on. If somebody needs life support, a machine, a computer to keep someone alive, oh, no, 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 that's, not, that's where they draw the line. Oh, wow. Which a lot of people in general do. They, they're very afraid of that. Um, that's one reason why, like my dad, he didn't like the idea of being put on a machine. Sure. He's like, that thing's keeping me alive. Well, it's true, but just like medications, <laughs> our medications keep us alive too. Right, so right. <laughs> I think it's just interesting. Right. Well, line. let me go okay. this direction for a minute because uh, this is always, I guess, a lot of the questions that uh, a lot of people have. Eli, what, Amish are famous for, for their lifestyle and you know, the way they live. Where does all that come from? What's, what's the reasoning for all that? Well, the original, uh, you know, the Amish, when they started, when they came and migrated from Switzerland, they had just a plain living lifestyle, even though at that time there was no technology, no cars. Most of the people lived similar to the Amish, but they always separated themselves because of their beliefs. They wanted to be separated from the world. So they always stayed more uh, kind of with the rules that they have is dress code or whatever it may be. They, the lifestyle itself has always remained the same. Even when the world started modernizing, you know, when you started getting cars, electricity, and all of that, they refused to, to that, that's when you could really start seeing the difference. But the original old order Amish, they believe even changing anything, one rule, 
you, you don't want to modernize at all. So they want to stay original while a lot of the new order Amish that you see splitting off all over the place, they're modernizing a lot. They're starting to give in and say, hey, you know what? We can have a tractor to do farming. So you see a lot of them giving in to, to different things. But the original old order Amish where I come from, they I, I love the lifestyle itself. I have no problem with the lifestyle. I love working with horses, mm-hmm. you know, planting, harvesting, everything. is it, It's amazing. If you take the religious part out of it, I'd still be there. But because of the power and control and all the rules, when I was starting to take classes for baptism, that's when it really put the crunch on me. And I said, I'm out of here. I'm not going to tolerate that. But the lifestyle, the plain living, it's pretty amazing because they're self-sufficient. They don't have to re- rely on the government or anybody else to survive. Right. Sure. That's what I've heard a lot of people talk about, the, you know, the, the Amish. And I've kind of admired the lifestyle, just the, the simplest, you know, that I would, but when you tie mm-hmm. that in with religion, it gets a little, gets a little weird. Yeah. Yes. I, I I know different times, like you talk about starting your own little community. That's always been a joke among me. The, just in general <laughs> with people. Not, like, <laughs> like David Koresh? <laughs> no. Well, hey, no. when you want to start it. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> He's ready to roll. As long as I'm on the medical personnel, I'll be very happy. <laughs> um, but yeah, the different people I've talked about, they w- want that simpler way of life and like living off the land and not being relying on the government and like so many different things. It's always been a conversation. Um, like, you know, even just like a joking uh, topic. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's a lot of value to that. Yeah. Well, I think we're, uh, Eli, we're, uh, I noticed that maybe our two faith traditions do have something in common is that fear of worldliness and it, it Mm -hmm. seeping a lot into our theology. I mean, miss, especially we're, the branch yeah. you were in, it was what you couldn't all the way down to if you could have a, a heels on your shoes and how high they could be. And if you yes. if your vest could button in the front or if it was you yep. know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like we're talking about wearing like the pantyhose whenever you're swimming. Oh, had it. Yeah. You guys had to have hose on all the time. Yep. Some of us, uh, with the, some men would wear ties, but usually the ones that didn't were looked at as closer to the Lord. Right. They this, They're more spiritual. Mm-hmm. Had this personal conviction thing going on there. But uh, so you've gotten kind of, you picked up a bit of a following, Eli, from uh, speaking out after. Yeah, yeah, it definitely took off. I never seen that one coming. I mean, just I started with Facebook and then my original plan was just to do Q&A's and then the Q&A's with other former Amish led to Bible teachings and all at once people were really intrigued by you know, the Amish lifestyle and, and the difference in doctrine. So I, I really started tearing that apart with what their doctrine is and what they teach versus what I'm now reading in an English written Bible, because we were forced to read a 1522 Martin Luther German Bible. Oh, so I, I started really starting talking about the difference. And that's really where it took off. And a lot of people were, had a lot of interest in, we always look at, they always look at the outside in and see the Amish as a whole. They don't know mm-hmm. inside the church, what is all going on, the doctrine, what are they teaching? Do they believe in salvation? So when I started diving into that, it was really amazing to see the following, you know, just on TikTok, I got 1.1 million followers. And I never seen that one come. Yeah, I just I just <laughs> saw, looked at that today to verify your, your follower count. That's amazing, man. Yes. It, it, most people just look at the Amish as like a, basically a tourist destination. They don't, they don't go any deeper right. than that, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So, you you got out and you're still a, a, a follower of Christ and um, apparently God has decided to use you uh, through the because like you said I mean 1.1 million that's quite the platform that you yes. can use to speak out against uh, you know speak out against legalism not only that then to also just you know preach the gospel 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. I, I was not saved when I first left. For 19 years, I left when I was 18 in 1998, and I, I hated God because of what I went through. The enemy was using that against me as a stronghold because spiritually abused with religion, manipulation, uh, brainwashing, all of that mental abuse stuff had me to the point where I ran like Jonah. I ran the other way. I'm surprised the big whale didn't didn't swallow me like Jonah because <laughs> I ran as far as I could. I heard about Jesus, the Bible, Christian church, God. I mean, I ran the other way. I didn't listen to nobody. So I had to be brought down a few notches and I went through some rough times and did some drugs, alcohol, you know, just everything. I, however I wanted to live, that's how I lived. And I always ended up empty. I always just came down to where I was miserable. And by 2017 was the 19-year mark. And I said, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to go back Amish. I'm miserable. I'm just going to go back where I came from. Plus, I was told I'm going to hell if, I, if I'm not Amish anyway. And you can never really you can never really shake that monkey off your back. When, yep. when you have it in your back of your brain when, since childhood, even though I didn't admit it to any of the other former Amish, all my buddies, all my bar hopping, clubbing buddies, I, I didn't admit that stuff to them. Right. But now I'm at the bottom of myself. I'm just done. And I said, you know, I think I'm just going to go back Amish. And one of my cousins, he said, have you ever tried reading the English New Testament? I said, ah, get out of here. I'm not reading that crap. He says, no, just just do it. Make me a promise. And that night, he didn't walk away until I literally promised him, before I choose to go back Amish, I'm going to read the English version of the New Testament. And mm -hmm. that was the words God used to get me very curious. I, I kept trucking that day. I was out there trucking. And I couldn't get those words out of my brain. I said, all right, I'm going to start reading just to prove to my cousin that I'm going to find the Amish in there somehow. And I'm going to prove to him that I need to go back to where I came from and honor your father and your mother <laughs> and all of this stuff, what I was taught. Right. Yes. And I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and I'm kind of speed reading just to get it over with. And in the book of John, this fire started burning in my heart and I couldn't figure out why. I was like, was there something wrong with me? Why is this? Like I was had a thirst and a hunger for it. And I'm reading, you know, John 14, 6, Jesus, the only way, the truth and life. No one comes to the Father, but to him. And I'm thinking, okay, it's all about Christ. Where's the Amish fault in here? Where's it at? So you and didn't, then I get to, so, uh, huh? just a quick question. So you didn't know, like in the Amish, did they not teach that Jesus was the only way or? No. Okay. No, absolutely not. They do not believe in salvation. Matter of fact, after I got saved, I obviously canceled going back Amish. But I went to, and I'm, I'm just on fire for the Lord. I ran out there. I put my Amish clothing on, did everything I'm supposed to do to visit my mom because that's the rules. Uh -huh. So I went up to visit her, and I said, Mom, you know, I'm so excited. I thought for sure she'd see it the way I see it. I said, you know, here's one of these English written Bibles. I want you to read it. I got saved. And she uh -huh. started crying. She started crying, and she says, oh, my goodness, the world has deceived you. Oh, my she said, you are claiming to be saved, so that means the devil has brainwashed and deceived you. Oh, wow. And wow. I realized at that moment, First Corinth or 2 Corinthians 3.16, when it talks about uh, the devil will only be lifted in Jesus Christ. Well, when the, old, the, law, the law of Moses is read, there's a veil that lays over their hearts. And that moment, I realized that verse was so true because there's a veil laying over their hearts. And the only way they'll be removed is that they put their faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. Mm. Ain't that the truth? Wow. wow. That was, it must have been like a wake up call for like just a test of your faith right then and there for your mother oh, to be like, okay, you are like, basically there's no hope for you now. You have been so deceived. There's no hope. 
Yeah, and she told me actually before I left, she was so heartbroken that I brought that English written devilish Bible in her house. And she said that I have now been deceived and there's just no hope for me. And she was crying. Wow. But she believed that in her heart. Wow. There's so much here he's saying that resonate with me because I know a lot of people who listen to our uh, podcast, Miss, they have a, a similar experience. I don't think quite as harsh. Right. But there is a similar experience when you leave the CHM or Independent Fundamental Baptist or whatever your, your fundamentalist group is. Um, and it just, that takes a lot of courage, Eli, to, to follow that through. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yes. When you got family turning on you and stuff like that, that, that makes it really rough. Makes it really rough. So what do you do after, yeah, I mean, after you left your mom's? Well, the first thing I did before I even, because uh, I had to park next, I got to leave my worldly car next door. I can't drive in her driveway. So I went back to my car and I was so weak. And so the, the enemy was like attacking me spiritually. And I sat there and I just said, I rebuke that spirit. Every word negative that was spoken against me, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. And I couldn't even drive home until I was back at peace where I had to surrender it. And Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I gave it all to him before I could even proceed with anything. Right. But then I got home and I just started getting into the word more and trying to find out, you know, am I wrong on this? And everything I was reading, I just kept getting more peace and more joy in my heart. And I realized it is all about Christ. So I made more, more I didn't, I, I did not impossibly get angry or bitter at my mom because at that moment I realized it's not her. It goes back generations and generations. Her daddy was a bishop. Oh, yeah. I can't get mad at her for what she said because the manipulation and brainwashing goes way, way back to the 17th century when Jacob Amon came over and started the Amish. That's where the Amish are named after Amon. Uh, the Amish really taught that you must follow the- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Those rules in the ordinance. They taught that the articles of faith that were written by Jacob, those have to be followed in order to be aligned with the word of God. Jesus cannot forgive you until you follow all those rules in the ordinance that are signed off and voted on by every member of the church. And that is what you must follow before Jesus can forgive you. So my mom thinking this way, I realized at that moment why she's saying that I'm prideful to claim that I'm saved without an ordinance and rules to follow first. She was a victim of that system herself, wasn't she? Yes, she's a victim. She's I couldn't. That's why I couldn't be mad. Right. Now, my biggest wish is to go out and continue to show her the love of Christ and just smile. And, you know, the last time I, I looked at her and I said, Mom, just before I left, I said, Mom, and she stopped. She was making candy and she stopped. She looked at me and I said, I just want you to know I love you. And she looked right back down and kept working. And she said, yep. They never say I love you. If you say the word I love you, that is so worldly and so sexual that she just couldn't stand me saying that. But I want to, her to know that I love you. I have the love of Christ, the Holy Spirit in me, and I have a desire to love you. And I want you to know the truth. Right. And just for you to be able to say that, um, it just shows like how you yourself were full of 
the love of Jesus, because in ourselves, we can't do that on our own to be told that we are a lost cause and all that. Like that would be so easy for us to be judgmental and be like, well, you obviously aren't doing right. But like, it's very eye opening for her to be like, okay, wait, he still loves me, even though I'm telling him he's going to hell. Like it's just so a beautiful, like beautiful picture of what Jesus's love really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of stuff here. So <laughs> my brain is oh, just man. floating. Right <laughs> my brain is rolling here. Wow. So yeah, uh, I could go a million. <sighs> go ahead. <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Those those systems, and I've watched I've watched people as well come out of again much more milder right. systems than that. But it's got the same general. It's got the same general spirit to it. Mm-hmm. Same general attitude. You know. It, it, and, I, one thing he said was very interesting too. It seems like it's a, the salvation is about works. Like you earn your salvation, yes. and that is one yep. thing. Like you know, CHM, they like they'll they'll say you know you're forgiven, but you definitely have to wear the right thing, say the right thing, act the right thing, and mm-hmm. if you're not doing anything right, they'll say you're not saved. You you like and yep. so right. I found that very interesting that correlated with the CHM. Well, Elon, if I could ask you uh, maybe on a, a little different direction here. There's recently we know that there's been a, a lot of churches that have had problems with um, uh, sexual abuse, child abuse, stuff like that. Uh, And it seems that a lot of the fundamentalist groups, um, no matter their flavor, whether it be, I mean, I know the Southern Baptists are dealing with it right now. Hmm. And even the ones that aren't as fundamental as the Catholic Church dealt with it a few years back. And um, what was that? Is that a problem in the Mennonite community as well? Yes. Yeah, I could, I could talk for hours on that. That's the biggest thing I've been talking about on podcasts and radio shows is to make awareness about the sexual abuse that is in the Amish and Mennonites. It's Well, actually, Hutterites, I've interviewed from each of those cultures now where I interview people that come out. And the reason they're out is because what they were going through and the church system that they have, they, they obviously don't believe. Again, earlier when we were talking about the doctors, they don't want to go out to the worldly people. So even law enforcement is considered of the world. So in my church, if there's sexual abuse, incest, you know, bestiality, and acts on animals, all of that was happening. You heard grown men confessing these sins, and it never leaks outside that church because the church is considered God's church, and they always forgive after so many weeks of shunning, depending on what you did. It could be two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. When that is up, then everyone in that congregation, every baptized church member will vote on the forgiveness. And if every vote is yes, that individual man and woman is now a church member again. And now if anybody brings that back up, there will be more shunning more punishment for that person that brings that sin back up that that person did to use against them because that person was forgiven by God's church. Now, once the church congregation voted to forgive that person, now Jesus can also now forgive that person. But Jesus will not, they say Jesus will not forgive until the church has forgiven that person. Now Jesus will. So now you better not bring that back up. So let's say Like, for example, we got one through Amish Rescue Mission that reported a case up in Wisconsin, and she was still in the Amish. But because she she called us at Amish Rescue Mission, 
she got 15 straight weeks in the band being shunned because she called the worldly people, the ex-Amish like Eli Yoder here. And the perpetrator, the pedophile, what do you want to call him? He got only four weeks and was, was voted on to be forgiven. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. And we have advocates that went to court next to this victim to show exactly what happened there and, and say exactly what I just said to make the judge aware that this is how the system is set up in the Amish. And by the time it was all said and done, now they, they pushed it back next, I think it's like May when the next court date is, but they're starting to realize as more of us former Amish make awareness, they're starting to realize how the church system is set up and how they deal with these crimes. So, wow. So you're not allowed to talk about it anymore. Then once you're forgiven and anybody else who brings it up, they're the unforgiving party. So then they're the ones that get shunned. Did I understand that right? That is correct. Yes. I have two cousins that were being sexually molested by their father, which is my uncle, sadly. But it happened ever since they were five years old. When they got up there and got baptized as a church member at age 18, they brought that up. While he did some shunning, the church kept it all hush-hush. They shunned him. He was already a preacher, by the way. And they shunned him for four weeks. After that was done, they had so much PTSD and trauma that they brought it up to some family members. Well, these religious family members eventually leaked it back to their dad. And now they got three more weeks in the shunning period than he did because they deemed that as not forgiven. You did not forgive your dad since you're bringing that back up. But yet they're dealing with PTSD. Right, right. So I do have to ask, where is the... um self-control is not taught then is that what i'm understanding as well well they do teach it they even have meetings to talk to these men that have these issues where they are sexually abusing uh, you know other church members or their family members so that they're against all these crimes they're not saying that it's okay but they're just so big on forgiveness that they will forgive i don't care if you're a repeat offender you can do it 10 a dozen times and that's by the way why some of them do it so many times repeat offenders Mm -hmm. because they already know they're going to be forgiven right the only reason they're getting fired up right now is because there's enough of us former amish that are starting to talk we're making awareness so we have law enforcement and even the feds involved in some of these communities and now there's an uproar they're really stirred up right now because a lot of them that left are victims and they're starting Mm -hmm. to speak out against this stuff yeah there was um a show that we watched and i i was mind blown I think it's called the sins of the Amish. I think it was discovery channel yes. or something like discovery that. Discovery yeah. channel. I have never been more shocked and it, it, it goes along with some of the CHM, but like disgusted in all my life. I've never ever like even thought it was that bad. Yeah. Cause like when you, when you view the Amish in your mind, like you picture just this happy, like they're living on the farm. They're living the American dream, like just living off the land. They have their own little community and it's everything that the outside would think that what they want themselves. But in reality, it's probably like a nightmare for some people that are in it. Yes. And that's why we do what we do. There's quite a bit of groups now, uh, that, you know, missionaries, even all owned by the, by the former Amish trying to help these people. We know they need help. We also know they don't know any better. They inherited this system and that's all they know. So we have to help them. They need our help to be able to reach in. And they think we hate them. They're mad. They think all oh, these former Amish hate us. But all we're doing is trying to help them in a loving way and help, you know, get these uh, resources in place. You know, Amish Rescue Mission got mission to Amish people. Joe and Esther Kind, they had that over National Ohio. And we're really going out and doing a lot of these seminars and meetings, trying to educate other churches 
and people so that they can be an asset to these people because lots of times they have no idea. You know, the Amish are very, very friendly people. They're, they get their shirt off your back for anybody. They're English neighbors and their drivers they hire. They treat them like gold. They love these people. Mm-hmm. They do business with these people. But there's a lot of hidden secrets behind closed doors and in the church. Yes. Yes, that, that is true. Wow. So so like, tell me about... Um did it was your wife uh, from because you are married? I think that's what I saw yes. on the video. Okay, um, is your wife? Did she come from an area that had the Amish? Is she from the Amish? What? It, what's? Um, how did you no. meet her? What's her story? Like, yeah, she didn't grow up Amish, but her and her family they knew all of the Amish in my community. Her father and everybody was doing business with the Amish, and also my my father, my wife. She met him, and I was I was already out of the Amish. And five years later, I met her when I was visiting my twin brother in a different Amish community down in Tennessee because he broke away. He couldn't take it no more in Kenton there. So I'm down there visiting him, and he's talking to somebody back in my neck of the woods. And I say, hey, who are you talking to? And I get on the phone with uh, my father-in-law now, and I got to know them. And when I come home, I went over to their house, and, uh, well, I started dating his daughter. And so I'm married to uh, (laughs) Nicole today, and it's – and, you know, I'll be honest with you, it was so much easier to start dating somebody that understood me and my background. Yes. There's a lot of women that did not understand me because we, we were not taught affection. We never said, I love you. We never hugged. That was all too sexual and too worldly. So sometimes when I tried to date before I met my wife, they look at me and they're like, you hate me or something? I'm like, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Could talk about like a culture shock because what you grew up with is completely opposite what the everyday world's like. Well, Eli, right, I've noticed right. as well, just with even um, like through this podcast, I've gotten to know several people. Miss, you know, I'm on the phone a lot in the yes. evenings and um, there's people I've never met, but I've struck up a friendship with them because we, we come from that same from the CHM background yes. that nobody else understands as well. You try to explain it to somebody that, that you work with and they, their eyes glaze over, you know, but <laughs> these guys, there's this, uh, there's this common bond makes it easier to get to know them. Cause we all got this, this thing in the background. Right. Right. Yep. That's I had, nice. um, I had a couple people, a couple people knew we were going to be on with you and they, they sent me a couple questions, Eli. Uh, okay. let me see. Uh, one wanted to know about the, uh, about the retention of, of uh, youth in Amish, are, are they seeing are they seeing a lot of people like yourself, or a lot of the young people? Um, you know, there's even uh, even younger than you and all that. Um, are they are they kind of hemorrhaging numbers, or are they hanging on to a lot of those? No, there there's a lot of them getting out. You know, if the young generation, you know, that have tried to change or, or try to reason with some of the elders in the church, if they cannot reason with them, gone out they go. There's a lot of them moving either to different. Amish communities like my two of my brothers already did. They went to where you can use power tools for electric, you know, for uh, construction, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. So usually when they don't get along and they just cannot reason with them, they, especially the young generation, they're gone. They're out of there. Now, since I have left, I know it's been, let's see, 24 and a half years now. And I've, I've helped now over 200 of them personally leave the Amish. Oh, wow. So it's usually the young ones. The, a lot of them contact us and they want to leave when they're 15, 16, 17. But I can't do that because I used to when I first left. But now I've gotten myself into some, some hot water because, right. you know, if, if the Amish, they already know that there's former Amish helping them. So they have no problem calling. See, they won't call a law on their own. But they will call the law on me if I help one of the 15, 16, 17-year-olds oh, leave the Amish because they already know they're going to come after me and say, hey, that's kidnapping or whatever. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, 
do and do a lot of people that leave do they do they tend to um i don't know how else to describe it but become a normal christian like yourself or do do yeah. a lot of them tend to like you know uh just go mennonite it. or something just a you know maybe a little less uh strict yeah a lot of them do join other newer order and mennonite style amish i've seen some of them join the german baptists i uh and, and you know i have no problem with that i i do know some of them want to they want they were they're looking to please god and they want truth so they're searching in sometimes in all the wrong areas but i try to get people to the bible the ones i help leave because a lot of them do what i did when i first left i mean you just start going it's almost too much freedom too fast and, and i ended up in jail i had duis i mean just a lot of these people i hate to see them leave and just go crazy and all at once they're they're in prison or in jail and so my biggest mission is to uh, try to bring truth to them hey look right here you you have to follow the ordinance but look at this verse in colossians 2 14 it says blotting out the handwritings of ordinances that were contrary to us and against us nailing it to the cross look at that the amish ordinance they, they said you had to follow to get to please god it was nailed to the cross mm-hmm. and to see some of them just got like their eyeballs pop out it's like wow are you serious <laughs> yeah. then it's all worth it sure yes oh wow so you're like the harriet tubman for the amish then <laughs> <laughs> That's Basically. texas uh, ben ben had a question he i'm not sure what he's referring to maybe this will ring a bell for you Eli. ask him to explain the different levels of the amish church and the process of moving up does that does that sound familiar uh different levels of amish church would just be the old order to the new order to the new new order i mean you got you got the schwarzenchuber amish which are the most strict of all just to leave level stricter but to explain the levels i mean they've been that level and they keep okay. they want to hang on and keep what they have so i'm not sure maybe that's what he's referring to maybe it is actually uh, to to bring this back around there for a minute to what we were talking about before real quick if <laughs> In situations like um, around here, we're, we're getting more exposed to Amish Miss. Right. Is there any way, Eli, because I know you guys have the have the Amish rescue mission, but is there any way that if somebody's in an area that um, you guys aren't, is is there something to, that, that a normal individual can do, or is it pretty much just uh, work uh, – we would be just fenced out and there's really no way that we can pick up one if there's a problem that somebody needs help with or, or anything like that. Befriend them and do business with them because they're open. They love all outsiders. They love doing business. Uh, so always go out there and befriend them because what you got to do is get some of the youngsters to start opening up. Just ask those key questions. Hey, how's, how's life? You know, cause I've had a lot of people reach out and they said, Hey, these Amish teenagers in this area, they have a long nose. They look so sad. And I said, just start talking to them. Just get to talk to them, go out there and visit regularly, buy eggs, buy baked goods, whatever you got to do to just kind of befriend them, because that's how we're getting some of these information, you know, little bits and pieces, hints here and there that there's a problem, because there's a lot of these families that, you know, they want you to, like, for example, I was told at a very young age, hey, you're allowed to be friends and smile and say, how, how's your day going to those English people? But don't you dare talk about what's going on in this home. Don't you dare talk about how dad just beat me up. Mom said that one time she had a black eye and everything. A lot of physical abuse in my home growing up. So mom did not want me to mention that there's any type of abuse to the worldly people because they know there are, is there's a court, there's a judge, there's a, a court system, there's a justice department, you know, all of this stuff. Right. And right. they know if that leaks out, it's going to be out of the church's hands and it's going to go through the courts. And so... I always tell people, 
that are not that are around the Amish. Just be nice to them, befriend them, do business with them, and ask those key questions. And if you got to, uh, write your phone number down and say, "Hey, look, if you're ever in trouble and you need somebody to talk to, when you get to your neighbors or your driver, some of them even have phone booths. If they have a phone booth at the end of their driveway, like some Amish do." Go to the phone, give them a give them a number and just gain their trust and say, hey, I, I love you. I care for you. And if you want somebody just to talk to, call that number and I'll talk to you. That is where you start gaining their trust. You know, you have a you have a very amazing story, man. And uh, I, I like what you're doing. I think it's very, very valuable. And um, this this is you're doing God's work out there, man. I really, really appreciate it. Um, you've mentioned a couple times the Amish Rescue Mission. Is there uh, some way that people can can find that to support you, or do you, do you guys have a website with that or anything? Yes, absolutely. We uh, we always uh, tell people to go on www.amishrescuemission.org. You can donate. You can help us financially. We're a nonprofit, five hundred one c three organization. If you ask for a receipt, you get a receipt, and then we write it off on your taxes. Uh, but we have. It's been amazing how it took off. Uh, we have resources in place. We have over 100 safe houses, all from former Amish Christians that are born again. Uh, we vet them. We do background checks. We do all of it now. So, uh, But our goal is to get a facility in multiple different states where there's highly populated Amish areas to get facilities with like, uh, you know, rooms, like a hallway where you got rooms on both sides. We can have counselors on, on the scene. We can have pastors. You know, a lot of these people are so... They have so much PTSD and you got to undo their brain and any professional licensed counselors. You know, I'm just a ex-Amish preaching truck driver. I'm not licensed to try to look into their brain and see what I can do to undo all of the damage that was done. So our goal is to get all of those professional licensed counselors on the scene. And so, yeah, yeah anybody that wants to get on our site, it's www.amishrescuemission.org and our phone number hotline that you can literally write down on a piece of paper and hand it to any Amish people, especially teenagers and youngsters, is 888 888- Six two one one nine eight five. It's very good. It's very good. And what about uh, your your social uh, channels and locations where where you putting out putting out all kinds of good content? By the way, where's uh, where do people go to find those? Well, you got the uh, YouTube. Obviously, you got Amish Rescue Commission YouTube. You got me, just my name, Eli Yoder. You can find me on YouTube uh, on my TikTok. I got two different channels. You got the the ex-Amish preacher, and then you got uh, Yoder Toter Four Zero. That's the 1.1 million followers. That's the big page. Uh, and then on Facebook, just my name, Eli Yoder. Sure. Well, very good, Miss. This is just, that's a good interview. I like that. Uh, I like what we just heard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like how um, he also said something about approaching the young people. Right. And like just like they do, they can talk to you to a point. So we just yeah. need to be friendly and show them. Here's a chance for us right, uh, as, as Christians to, to be proactive yes. and, and try to help. Yes. Out. I mean, you can, you can talk to the youngsters and gain their trust and, and slip notes to them, whatever. But when you're talking to the grown adults that are already baptized as church members, I always recommend sharing what Jesus has done for you. That personal testimony, that joy and that peace and that happiness that they see in your face, they're going to long to have that. And when they lay there in that bed that night, they're going to wonder, why is that worldly person so full of peace and joy and happiness? Because I want some of that. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. Very good. I love it. Well, Eli, I won't hold you up, man. I, I thank you very much for uh, for talking with us. And yes, man, we'll we'll be praying for you. I wish you all the best, man. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks yep. for having me on. Yes, yes, sir. Talk to you later on. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.